quiet things that no one ever knows and the beauty of being brand new. And um, like there's something hidden inside of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a baby is hidden inside of, of the womb. Like there's something hidden in me. There's a destiny that God has for me that he's stored up there. It says that he's predestined it for me. Like, man, I was in the womb of God before the world was born. And he thought about my life and my destiny. That's pretty rocking. That's a prophetic word that I'm going to sit, like live on, stand on. That's a foundation that I'm going to just ride out for the rest of my life. So um, I just want to pray one more time before we get started. And I just, Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for being here. I thank you so much for uh, bringing us to this place of openness and vulnerability before you. And tonight, God, I just ask that you just open our hearts even wider uh, and just fill us with your presence and your love in Jesus' name. Uh, So the quiet things that no one ever knows. That's actually a song lyric. Um, it's not even a, a Christian band or a worship song. Uh, it's actually a band I used to listen to a long time ago. Not that that really matters. It just was interesting that the Lord chose those words to speak to me. Um, and the name of the band is actually brand new. Uh, and I just felt like he was talking to me about hidden things, hidden places, um, hidden things in him, and also hidden things in us. And like what comes out of that, like those hidden places are, are, is actually us being brand new. And what's really funny is in the scripture, I mean, I guess I knew it, but I didn't really think about it. It's like I had to do like one little search and throughout the whole Bible, it talks about hidden places or secret things and um, living a life of, of quietness. So like these, the quiet things. So that's kind of going to be synonymous through my whole message is the quiet things are the hidden things. The quiet things in you are the hidden things, the secret place inside of you. So it's, it's hidden places in God's heart, but it's also hidden places in our heart. So um, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11, and 12, it says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business. Work with your hands just as we commanded you. And I just thought that was, I'm just kind of going to go through different places that it talks about it. Uh, I thought it was really interesting um, that Jesus wasn't really braggadocious. He didn't really have to prove a point when he did things. You know, he didn't, um, he, he was just, let me say it like this. I could, I could go heal someone on the street, and I've done this, and, it, and it's, you know, no, no condemnation, but I could go heal someone on the street, and it's like, we overcome by the word of our testimony, but that doesn't mean that, like, I have to get fulfillment and definition of who I am based on how awesome of a healing I just had. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's okay for me to have a hidden thing there. Like Jesus, multiple times, he would heal someone or do something. He would say, go and tell no one. He didn't have a point to prove. It was really cool. Now, of course, what happened is they blew up about it because they couldn't keep their mouth shut because Jesus just healed them and they've never experienced anything like that. And you talk about stuff like that. But um, so like what comes out of like living uh, a quiet life is peace, quiet meditation, inner stability that manifests with an outward testimony. Um, it actually can, it can protect you from, it can actually cause you to even like avoid accusation, 
Now, obviously, people are going to get accusation anyways, but there's times when we just walk into it because we kind of talk too much. Like Joseph, right? <laughs> like he kind of he had this great experience, and he was young, and he kind of just went on about it, and it, and it brought him a lot of hurt. So that's what I would call unnecessary persecution, stuff we could avoid. Um, I want to read Ecclesiastes. You guys can turn to Ecclesiastes 9, 14 through 18. This is really cool stuff. I actually, it was so funny. I didn't, I didn't expect to read this. And then like, it's just so cool how the Holy Spirit led me to it again. I probably marked this in my Bible six, seven months ago. So Ecclesiastes 9, 14 and 18, 14 through 18. There was a small city with few men in it, and a great king came to it, surrounded it, constructed large siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength. But the wisdom of the poor man is despised, and his words are not heeded. But the words of the wise heard in quietness are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. There's not much. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but how many times have we, um, and obviously the Bible's full of places where it talks about shouting and, and lifting up that, that shout of praise. But how many times have we, we done that from a place of if, if I work a little harder, God's going to move more. If I, if I scream a little louder, it's going to bring more breakthrough, right? It's like if I, if I strive a little more, like it's going to come faster. If I, if I get into the old covenant and just work in my prayer, we don't even realize we do it. There's a really thin line there. Um, rather than just like having, resting in that place of faith and quietness, and I just love that the words of a wise of the wise heard in quietness are better than the shouting of a ruler among uh, among fools. Oh, verse eighteen: Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but the sinner destroys much good. Like that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Um. So when I was when I was asking the Lord, meditating on this, Lord, what are these hidden places? What are these hidden things? Um. I came up with six six hidden things, <laughs> and then I thought I want to come up with one more. <laughs> uh, so um, the first one and you guys can write it down I'm not like too much on like making people write stuff down but if you want you can write it down uh, hidden sin and a lot of times when we talk about hidden sin it kind of it kind of goes one way we think of one thing like oh this guy's got like some big hidden sin in his life and he's real dirty and you know he really should confess that or you know his and of course obviously that's that's right and true and he should um but that's not what i'm talking about i'm not talking about somebody who's got like hidden addiction and like they know they have it and they're hiding it from everyone else i'm mostly talking about like personally with us how i can actually have hidden sin and not know it uh not even recognize it as sin um i could call it something totally different like insecurity um I, I might not even know what to call it at all. I might not even be able to call it until the Holy Spirit actually brings it up and I'm manifesting it and actually like, <laughs> it's like boiling point, right? It starts to overflow and you don't really know you have a problem until everyone else around you is being affected by it and you're actually hurting people. 
So, um, so Ecclesiastes, again, 12.4 says, For God will bring every act to judgment. And when I, when I want to talk about judgment, obviously this has happened at the cross. Like Jesus has brought everything to judgment at the cross. But that's not exactly what I'm talking about as far as when we read this word judgment. I want to think more of it like um, he's going to bring it to that boiling point, right? He's going to, his light, everything that's done in, in secret, the light shines on it and it reveals it, right? So, um, and everything which is hidden, it's everything hidden, whether it's good or evil. So if we have something that we don't even know exists, we don't even, maybe like a pattern in our life of self-destruction, right? Uh, I'm a young guy, I'm 27 years old. Um, most of my young adult life, uh, especially back when I was running away from the Lord, there was definitely patterns of self-destruction that, I wouldn't have been able to say, this is, this is my problem. I wouldn't have been able to like peg what my, my problem was. So there was this pattern of self-destruction in my life. And what that did was it, it bred actually a hidden shame. So like this hidden sin that I didn't even know what to call it was building something hidden inside of me actually very, very deep. And it was like this place of shame. And again, I wouldn't even known how to express that. And if somebody had said that to me, I would have been like, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm good. But in fact, in my heart, I was real hurt. So again, like with, with, uh, with hidden sin and, and like it breeds this hidden shame, if it's not confronted, what it can, what it, like I said, it's like this boiling point. The water, the heat's turned up, the water starts boiling, it overflows and it creates a mess in the kitchen, right? So this hidden shame, it starts boiling up. Next thing you know, if it's not confronted, it brings open humiliation. So it's like, you didn't mean to, but I just cussed out my mom. I love my mom. I don't know why I did that. I know that's intense, but like, that's real stuff, right? Like, I know in my family, like, it, it got crazy at times because a lot of us had a lot of hidden shame and had never really been confronted. And when it finally came down to it, it just brought open humiliation. Honestly, the pattern was just about every Christmas the cops got called because we, ne we had a pattern of it and we never really confronted it. It was intense. So, like I said, I know that's kind of heavy, but the, like I said, Jesus handled this stuff at the cross. So at the cross, sin was actually, it was put on him, right? He became a curse on our behalf. So like that sin was like hidden in him. It was hidden in Christ. And then it was defeated and buried in the grave. So like, even if we have issues, if we have this hidden stuff in our life, we can say, okay, Jesus, you took it. You put it in you and you buried it in the grave. That, that's victory. So another, the next one is hidden miracles. I love, I love this one, guys. I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, let me say this. I'm going to be bold enough to say this. If you want to see tangible, real, in-your-face YouTube miracles, I dare you to recognize the hidden ones. I dare you to, to pull back the veil in your life and see the the secret invisible miracles that are all around you because i'm telling you he weeps over them he weeps over these things um luke 5 14 and he and he ordered him to tell no one but to go and show himself to the priests and all that stuff. so like i said jesus 
multiple times he would heal someone. He said, go and tell, don't tell anyone. I don't, I don't have a reputation that's so important to me that I need you to, to spread the news about this. Because like, like my reputation, it'll do it on its own. So there's, there's hidden miracles. Um, this, this hit me, this really landed in my heart, Vince, when we were in Haiti. Um, Vince and I went, during my second year, or it was my first year actually, my first year at Morningstar, um, I was in a program, it was called SF, uh, Special Forces Missions. And it was just a high-impact missions course where we trained on a regular basis uh, for the goal of going overseas or going, well, this time it was going to Haiti um, to impact the situation there. Um, and I noticed while we were there, we were at an orphanage. We were at an orphanage in uh, City Soleil, Haiti. This is one of, like one of the top 10 most impoverished regions in the land. Um, and I, what I saw around me, um, this, and this was directly after uh, the, the earthquake. Um, so these people, this whole orphanage was torn down, okay? Like, talk about the hopelessness. It was just massive hopelessness. Um, we, we facilitated basically a, a worship meeting is all we did. And the miracles that I saw there were faces I'm talking a month after their mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, little babies. After a month, just a month of having lost family, they were smiling, they were dancing, they were praising Jesus. They were getting free in worship that often we take for granted over here. I mean, that messed me up. They were getting delivered of demons without having to roll on the floor and, and be exposed and humiliated. They just, they were getting, they were being delivered by de- of demons with, with smiles and laughter and peace, so much peace. So, like I said, there's, there's hidden miracles and those are so precious to the Lord. And like I said, I mean, if I levitate downtown because the glory of the Lord's on me and I'm flying through, you know, North Dallas and resurrecting the dead and pulling people out of wheelchairs, awesome, like, Come on, like I want that too. But let it be because I was so, so into this. Like so willing to see what others couldn't see, right? So um, the next one is hidden revelation. And (laughs) this one's cool too. (laughs) Um, So this one's Jeremy (laughs) 33.3. But really, though, I even read it out of Jeremy's version of the Bible. Uh, I know Jeremy. I know what Bible you have. No, but it's it's actually better in the it's it's a lot better in the NIV than it was in my Bible. So I figure this is God's version. Call to me, and I will answer you, and I'll take tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Like that word, unsearchable, is a message. Um, I've had so many experiences in the prayer room here. I mean, everywhere, my, this prayer room, um, this is what I wrote. It's, it's an emotional experience that you cannot have without an encounter. 
it is a hidden place. Um, I have revelation, hidden revelation of Jesus, not because of a message, not because of the Bible. I love the Bible. The Bible can be a, it is, it is a, I mean, it's a mystery. It is this hidden thing also, but there's also this place of encounter where I experience the Lord and, and I have a hidden revelation that I can't really, I remember actually I had a conversation with Jeremy once about Jesus and I saw his face light up and I felt so good because I knew he had seen what I had seen and it was just really great to be able to talk to somebody else that experienced Jesus like that. Does it make sense? So like there's this place of hidden revelation uh, that you can have in the Lord that will come through encounter as you have, which is the next one, hidden intimacy. Um, so Matthew 6, 5 through 6. I love this one too. This one's so good because it rebukes me every time I read it. When you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites. <laughs> For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and pray on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. And can I just say this to you? I'm going to sit. Sometimes we read the Bible and we give Jesus a tone of voice that Jesus never had. <laughs> okay. I'm, all right. Uh, truly, I say to you, uh, they have their reward in full. People's attention, I guess. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father uh, who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Where is he at? Reward, where are you? I'm talking about you. Whatever. All right. (laughs) Reward was in here. I'm talking about you and you're out in the other room, man. No, it's good though. No condemnation. Be free. Um... No, so truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. Uh, and then whatever is done in secret, it says he, he will reward you. And in other versions, it says whatever you do in secret, he will reward you openly. So it's like God, God is about your reputation. He's just not about you trying to get it on your own. Like he said, how many times do we hear in the Bible about you having a great name? Like you're called to have a great name on the earth. It's just your great name can't be done on your own. It's so good, guys, because that means like I can chill. I can rest. I don't have to work it up. I don't have to dig deep in me to make something happen. But I can allow the Holy Spirit to dig deep in me and pull the hidden things out. Hidden pain. Proverbs 25, 4. Take away the dross from the silver, and there comes out a vessel for the smith. Okay. Back to the the boiling point, right? Um, The silver gets hot. The impurities come out. So what Jesus does is he loves us a lot, And the Bible says that his love is a fire. Um, It's like a really big one. Um, And and he likes to get close to us. 
And when there's things in our lives, lies that the enemy maybe has told us since we were kids, maybe we don't even recognize that we believe a lie. It's not like we're actively practicing the unbelief here. It's I never knew that it was there. It was hidden. But that was like the trick, right? So, the impurities come up. What happens? Like They come up. They start manifesting. So when Jesus gets closer, it starts manifesting. So a lot of times what we accuse the devil of with the storms in our life, it's actually Christ manifesting in us, making, making room. When Christ gets big in you, it pushes everything else out. When you eat from the tree of life, it doesn't leave any room for other fruit. So, recently, uh, a good friend of mine um, loved me and, and spoke life over me and confronted me and did really nice things like um, told me the truth, even though uh, it was hard. And what it did was, this is, I'm calling it the scar tissue analogy. It's like, um, I've got a scar on my arm. It's been there for a long time. Underneath that scar, let's imagine the enemy lied and planted a seed underneath that scar. And over years, it's just grown and grown and grown and grown to the point where I forget about it. Well, what love does from a friend who's willing to confront you or, or love you enough even just to encourage you, um, what it does is it peels back that scar tissue. So again, is this me going, all right, Lord, I know like, you know, there's places in me that's messed up and I'm like inwardly navel gazing and searching out my sin and my problems. No, it's the Holy Spirit through love confronting this hidden whatever, this hidden pain in my life. And like I said, the dross comes up and starts manifesting and we call it a storm and it is a storm and it is warfare. But like I said, the hope in that is that it's actually Jesus's nearness to you bringing it up and bringing it out so you can be free of it. So I want us, as a, as a body at Haas, I would love, I mean, I believe that this is the Lord for the church, all of us, to live a life of such vulnerability that we can love each other, uh, we can confront each other without criticizing each other, because a lot of times that's what Christians call confrontation, but it's not. It's love. That's real confrontation. Like when my wife can, can come to me, love me, Without, without like stepping into a place where she doesn't see who I really am anymore. That's the prophetic. She sees me as I am in heaven, notices a lie or something maybe that I'm believing. I don't even recognize it. She confronts it. I manifest. I'm like, wow. And then she's like, and then I, I, I get to, because Jesus is so good, I get to. And he's like, come on, just go ahead. Let it out. Give it to me. I took it at the cross anyway. The cross, like I let it out. The cross swallows it up and I get to go free and it's like nothing ever happened. Um, that's the, uh, that's the James Brown anointing. That's the, uh, that's the, I feel good anointing. I stole that from Robin McMillan at Morningstar. I feel good. But no, really like that's what happens. Honestly, it's weird when you're going through this guys, just, just to give you, cause y'all are going to go through it. You are going through it. You're on an operating table. Okay. We all are. And when he's doing surgery, 
We tend to try to squirm off the table. And what does that happen? Like if a doctor's got a knife in his hand and you're trying to squirm out of it, it's going to hurt. But if you allow yourself to be vulnerable enough and, and brave enough just to take it, just to let him go into those hurt places, man, you'll feel good. Sorry, guys, I just, the Holy Spirit, touch. Um, (laughs) I, (laughs) hidden offering, let's move on. Uh, this one's a really good one. Vince, you, know, you guys don't want to hear another offering message, but here's what Jesus' offering message was. Beware. <laughs> I love that. That one, that one, you can go ahead. It's pretty much, the tone was beware. <laughs> um, it's Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't write that down. I'm going to go to it. What time am I? Matthew 6, 1 through 4. I call this uh, the hidden evil in doing good. That's, that's trippy, right? Okay. We kind of went over this already, but beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your father and who is in heaven. Um, I like who you have no reward with your father who loves you so much that he'd just like to spoil you in front of everybody if you could just do it in secret. Uh, when therefore you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you. Okay, okay. Let's just act like this is a vision, all right? This is a dream, and the Holy Spirit's interpreting this dream. But in reality, okay, so in the natural, um, here's what I'm doing. Like, man, you know what? It was just, it felt so good. You know, um, I was dealing with some issues, and I was afraid to give, but, you know, it was just so good to be able to give $300 um, to the church the other day, and, uh, you know, I just feel so set free. That's what I'm doing in the natural, but in, in the spirit, this is what Jesus sees. Is she, like the Lord's, I think he's saying beware, but I think he's laughing. Um. Uh, but the reason, honestly, it's it's serious. It's funny because we look foolish when we do it. Um, but it's it's really serious too because he says beware for our own benefit. Um, because, like I said, it's the hidden evil in doing good. It's a good thing that we're doing. But the reason it's it's actually really it's it's bad fruit. Uh, it comes from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, it's because when we define ourselves based on our charity, measuring ourselves based on our own work rather than the finished cross, finished work of the cross, 
Uh, there's no good that we can do enough to appease the brokenness of our own soul. This is only found in Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I explain this a lot to, to unbelievers. Like I call it the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a nightclub. It's not about what you do that gets you in, but about who you know. Because there's nothing you can do good enough to get you into heaven. And the cross made it where there's nothing you can do bad enough to keep you out. So if it's not about my works, it's about me knowing Jesus and allowing him to produce the righteous fruit in my life. And think of what that does to some guy on the street. I, I love, I love sinners. They will manifest on you, though. Uh, hidden love. <laughs> Don't lie, y'all manifest on me, too. <laughs> Just kidding. Hidden love. That was hidden love. Like, no, that was, anyway. Uh, no, but seriously, right? Come on. Well, they will manifest on us. I'll manifest on them, too. I'll go to work, and I'm terrible to them sometimes. All right. So hidden love, hidden love, y'all. Proverbs 27.5. Uh, it says hidden love, uh, or better is open rebuke than hidden love. And again, this has kind of been a verse. I heard this growing up a lot, but really it was more like better is open, criti- the, the critical spirit manifesting all over you than like, it was, does that make sense? Like better is open rebuke than hidden love. A lot of times in the church, we've taken that as like, like an excuse for me to just tell Peyton, Peyton, you just, you've done so much. You're trying, God love you, but you're just still so messed up. And, and really it's like what I was talking about earlier. It's like having, having the courage to love someone enough, but it's like, if you, if you confront someone with, um, like an open rebuke, right. Um, and, and you're if, if you don't do that, if you don't step into that place of bravery and have holy confrontation, you're actually hiding your love from that person, right? So that's what the verse is saying. But it's been done wrong because of the, the, the critical nature that we've often walked in. So, like I said, you have to like stand in the prophetic word that you see in a person. So if I see prophetically in Peyton a man of honor and esteem like like God would say of like Daniel or Gideon, if I see that, but I know that there's a place where Peyton needs help, I can come to Peyton in that spirit and confront whatever lie the enemy would tell him. And that way I've never shamed him. I've never hurt him. I, I've, actually, I've actually built a brotherhood and relationship with him. And we need that. Like, I know that I will go a lot farther, a lot faster in my destiny and in my walk with brothers that will do that for me. Right? And that's why I love this place because I have brothers that do it. So I call it a holy confrontation between friends. And again, this is not an excuse to be critical with each other. Proverbs 27 All right, um, I don't know. I have no idea uh, how long I've gone. Uh, Jeremy, are you guys ready to come back up? I know it's early, but y'all come back up. Because this is what I'm feeling. I'm really feeling like uh, tonight the Holy Spirit is ready to, um, like I said, just to, to pull stuff out of us. Good. Like, here, here's the thing. Like, we have, 
we have hidden things inside of, we have hidden greatness in us, right? We have hidden potential. I know that I have hidden potential in me that is untapped, that if I could tap into that hidden potential, I will, like a rocket ship, be flung into greatness. And I know, like I can feel it in the atmosphere, that the Holy Spirit is ready to untap that hidden greatness in us. And I just want to come as a congregation together. I feel like, what if like a family that, okay, family's tough, right? It is. How many times have you had a family member um, that you avoid? Because it's just tough, whatever. They hurt you. Things happen, right? But I know in my life, when that's happened, usually the Lord's teaching me to love them. So, like, I want us, with that same kind of bravery, to, like, be open and vulnerable with each other. I'm not saying we're going to have to talk about anything, but I want us, our, our posture, our heart, like our spiritual posture tonight to be to go to the Lord, that throne that is grace, and go up with vulnerability, brokenness, and just allow him to come in. I don't want, here's what I don't want. I don't want us inwardly self-searching and trying to find problems or um, errors or sin. But I want us to, to allow the Lord, say, Lord, like, if we could just say, Holy Spirit, come and search, right? This is scripture, the hidden parts of me. And you guys, I'm telling you, you're going to be shocked at what you hear. Because you could be in the middle of open practice sin. And he, he may just say, the hidden thing in you is Holy. And you're like, that doesn't make sense, but you said it. I have to believe it. Sound good? So um, let me get my uh, ministry team to come on up forward. Why don't we just all stand up? I'm going to pray. But like I said, it's not just... I'm not just going to pray, but like, come on. It was so cool when in worship we all connected and we were all doing it together. And that's what I want tonight because it's one thing. I don't care if I end up behind the podium weeping on the floor getting free, but I don't want to do it by myself. Like, I want us to all, like, lock arms. I want to to lock shields with you guys and go before the Lord and say, Lord, search me and try me, oh God. Like, find out what's hidden inside of me so that I can be free, so I can see the destiny that you've placed in me. And if there is anything, Holy Spirit, that's holding me back, if there's any hidden lie told by a grandparent or a great-grandparent, any hidden thing that was told by a boss or, or, or my brother or sister or whoever, Holy Spirit, dig deep and pull that out because I don't want it anymore. I want to be free. I want to step into what you have for me, what you've given me. And then when we get it, we all get it and we can run together. So Holy Spirit, right now, we honor your presence. We honor your kingdom. Hey, it's hidden inside of us. (laughs) How cool is that? Jeremy sung about it. It's a mystery, a hidden 
mystery called Christ in us, the hope of glory. So right now, Jesus inside of us. <laughs> Turn up the heat. Turn up the heat, Jesus. Right now, over every single one of us, I speak deliverance. I speak freedom. I speak healing. I speak hidden, invisible miracles. Things that you know that exist, that you could go to someone and say, look, you might not see it on the outside, but Jesus touched me on the inside. Brand new. Brand new. Every single one of us, Jesus. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 55 years. You can be brand new again. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, for a fresh baptism, a fresh fire, a fresh anointing. God, we've cried out for a revival. Well, we want it inside of us now. I want new life. To, Lord, we breathe. I breathe over that fire in each and every person in this room. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to let it spread so fast and so hot that it covers this city, it covers this state, it covers this nation. Lord, I ask you for plane tickets so it can cover the world. So right now, guys, I just invite you to come on up forward or, or even whatever. You're free. Stay where you're at. But just... If you feel like coming forward for prayer, you can come forward. If you feel like there's a person next to you that has a prayer or an anointing for you, if you feel like you need to say something to somebody you've never said to someone before, let it out. Don't walk out of here tonight with hurt and pain in your heart when you can just let it go and be free.